Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for on patrol with the PPD. Airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. My name is Mike Wynn. I am the chief of police here in the city of Pittsfield and one of the co-hosts for this uh, a purportedly, uh, allegedly weekly radio program. I'm joined in studio this morning by smart Gary Munn. Morning. Hi, Gary. Good morning. I'm all right. How are you? So um, pushing all the buttons. We, yeah, well, um, we're, we're experiencing a little technical difficulty. I'm, I'm happy to share that we're not the only radio station experiencing a little technical difficulty right now. I'll get to that when we get through the check of the weather. But, Larry, uh, Gary, let's start with the check of the weather, and uh, we'll talk about some pertinent news items, and then we'll go from there. All right. Berkshire Weather. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Today, mostly sunny. Patchy fog this morning. Isolated showers this afternoon. Highs in the mid-80s. Northeast wind around 5 miles per hour. Chance of rain 20%. Tonight, partly cloudy. Lows in the lower 60s. East wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Saturday, mostly sunny. Highs in the upper 70s. East wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. So I was on my way in this morning, and I was listening to another radio station, another local radio station, which, uh, you know, morning personalities are, are friends of mine, and they cut from their talk program to a uh, pop song, and they did not kill all the mics <laughs> and the uh, radio the radio personality on this I won't say the station um, he, I'm guessing was on a personal telephone call and faintly in the background you could hear the conversation he was having I think it was about grocery orders um, <laughs> and fortunately he didn't like share it I thought he was gonna I thought he was gonna rattle off a credit card number and I was like and I'm driving <laughs> so I can't like you know call the station and tell them to stop but uh, they're professionals and we're not so um, sure. it, it happens so um, all kinds of stuff uh, to talk about it's just been you know it's been an odd week um newsworthy locally i just I wanted to take a moment um former pittsfield city mayor gerald doyle passed um I, I had a i had many interactions with mayor doyle over the course of my career both when he was on the council and then when he was in the corner office um and then after he left office uh, in some of the work he did, actually a, a project that I was assigned fairly early on after I left operations was looking at um, red light traffic enforcement cameras. And, and he was actually the, um, the lobbyist I worked with when I had to go testify at the, at the state house on that. Um, just an a epic figure in, in Pittsfield politics and history. Uh, details have been set on the services. They're actually available. They're um, the obituaries in this morning's Eagle and the department is waiting finalization for, you know, how, how we can best support that because I'm sure despite the restrictions from COVID-19, um, it's going to, it's going to, that's going to be a traffic and, and parking, 
operation of sizable, excuse me, <clears throat> of sizable proportions. Yeah. So we will have to deal uh, with everybody paying their respects for the mayor, to the mayor and his family, and our condolences to um, the Doyle family on their loss. So uh, I have a couple things I want to talk about operationally, but um, I just it's it it never fails, right? We're scheduled to come out and do the show this morning. It's just the two and. I don't take the exact same route every time I come out here, but yeah. it's one of a couple different routes, and it never fails. There is always some police activity going on on my ride from home to the studio. I'm not, I didn't hear the details. I'm pretty sure Officer Derby is on 202 today, Yes. and uh, it sounds like we had a car into a building this morning already. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a bad start to the weekend. Yep. So... Um, Smart Gary Munn, IT director extraordinaire. You have been busy supporting operations in the communications section this week. Yep. And I'm sorry that Lieutenant Traversa is not available to sit in with us because I'd really like to pick his brain because he had to come in on his days off to, to pull the pin on this thing. Um, but we made the cutover this week to the new emergency medical dispatch suite we did yeah. um it did not occur without issue no <laughs> no no technical project ever does but uh it was uh, it was you know it lasted for two hours but uh it's been flawless since so so um and i actually was pulling up i was pulling up a a record from a call from service from yesterday morning because I wanted to go look at the offense reports. And uh, I, I was curious because I wasn't involved in this project at all. Um, the call for service standard operating procedures or SOPs that popped up on a non-medical police call as a result of this project were interesting. Um, that's It's going to be a it's going to be a behavior and cultural shift, particularly for some of our long-term employees in both field operations and communications, because instead of trying to rely on your memory or the last time you took an in-service class on a particular procedure for a call, it shows up live. Right. Right? You can check it. Uh, you can check it in the call for services. It pops up on your MDT, and the dispatcher, you know, can can work through those instructions. Mm -hmm. um, right there on the screen so for our listeners and viewers at home what we're talking about is um the next communications evolution for the pittsfield police department and fire department and our ems providers and in particular our communications center so um we have been since since the commonwealth required it uh utilizing a system called emergency medical dispatch emd and that sounds very complicated, but it's really not. Essentially, what it is, is um, anytime somebody calls in with a medical call, the dispatchers are, are trained to ask questions and determine the chief complaint. So the chief complaint may be, you know, cardiac issues, um, and that would obviously elicit a complicated response. Or it may be something we use in the in the field we call general malaise. They right. just don't feel well. Yep. Well, without EMD, 
<clears throat> general malaise and cardiac response might get the same resource response. So it's right. the same assignment might go out on both. Yep. And that's not efficient, and it's not necessary. Um, so the first part of EMD is the assignment is based on the chief complaint. So you call for general malaise, you might get a single ambulance. You may not even get an ambulance. You may get transferred to somebody who can answer your questions. Um, but you probably get an ambulance. If you get, if your chief complaint is cardiac related, you're gonna get a full on assignment, police fire EMS. Yep. Um, and rightfully so, right? Because we gotta get some help to you. But from my point of view, the more important part isn't necessarily the change in assignment. Because that's, for your average listener or viewer, you're not gonna see that big a difference in that. Uh, the more important part is the pre arrival questions and instructions that the dispatchers can have been using um so if they keep the caller on the phone they can continue to ask more questions and we've had cases in the past where they've talked somebody through cpr mm -hmm. they've talked somebody through stabilizing somebody who is about to give birth they've talked somebody through um you know stopping bleeding uh, but the old system was paper-based and it was cumbersome. And so if one dispatcher came into work and the way they set their station up was different and the card index got pushed off to the side and the emergency call came in and they're working the call, but they can't reach the card. And, and so now they're working it, you know, because they're trained and they're working it from memory, but they can't reach the card. And, uh, and the card didn't really change the assignment per se. It kind of like had indications of what the assignment might be. So, um, as part of the communications upgrade that's now nearly two years in the making, we switched EMD over to electronic. It's now built into the consoles in front of the dispatchers. And so now when they enter that chief complaint, the pre-arrival questions and instructions pops up on their monitor and the assignment pops up on their monitor. And as they're dispatching the assignment, they continue to work the, the pre-arrival questions and, and uh, instructions. So it's going to be much more efficient. Mm -hmm. uh, it's gonna it's gonna allow us to better allocate resources and then the other interesting part because we run a, a multi-discipline public safety answering point peace app um, when lieutenant traversa specced the software for this this upgrade he didn't just include medical he included all three of our disciplines so now ems fire and police have pre-arrival sops pre-arrival instructions and dispatch assignments uh, and so for the police department where we have historically worked one of two basic assignments single officer response or two unit response unless it was a, a in progress emergency this is going to be different mm -hmm. um, because it's you know we, I was having a conversation with the lieutenant on the day that you were cutting it over live and it's just you know something as simple as an alarm call Right. The way we've handled that for my entire career and beyond is probably not consistent with with what other departments would do or best standards for officer safety. And we were talking about what that SOP should look like and how it should be tweaked. And, um, you know, 90 percent of alarms probably can be handled and cleared by a single officer. Right. But you don't know that before you get there. Yep. And if 
the history or the habit is to dispatch a single officer and then it's one of the 10 percent and there is an open door or a broken window now they're waiting for the second unit to arrive where the efficient way to do it is dispatch two and let the first arriving officer cancel the second so habit changes that we're going to have to look at as we go through this because every single call that goes in there is now going to have something pop up and we're going to have to refine it um the timing is actually very interesting because the conversation we had last week about what calls for service should we kind of be looking to divorce ourselves from is going to be very important as we roll out and continue to refine the this software um and that's an ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. Right? I actually was thinking on the way in here, I, had I had I given it a little more thought, I would have called one of my friends who's, um, who's a major player in the local EMS scene because I'm curious, you know, if we decide that there's some of those calls we're not going to go on and we're going to recommend that maybe they send an ambulance, right? that's going to change their call volume. It's going to change their requirements and their resources. So... Throw the pebble in the pond and the ripples just keep on going, unintended consequences. So from a technological point of view, uh, other than the fact that the record management system had some security permissions that were mischecked, were there any other issues with the turnover? No, it was, uh, it's running really good. I I checked in with the dispatchers this morning Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it's, something they need to get used to how are they doing with i mean change change is difficult this magnitude of change i imagine is causing some stress yeah and if i remember correctly not only is there significant change but they've got some staff on vacation right now so they've yeah supervisors are i think are on vacation they've got they've got a acting additional acting responsibility supervisor managing this transition that's uh you know, talk about stepping into the fray, jumping into the deep end. Um, so that's interesting. What else has been going on technologically? Uh, you're you're going to raid my office and upgrade my computer next week, right? Yeah, yeah we're going to take care of that. We'd, uh, get you up to date on Adobe. So I just, I, you know, I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, when we went over to Second Street... Uh, as you know, when we went over to Second Street to run the coordinating center as part of the um, emergency management plan for the pandemic, the department went into the emergency staffing plan. And I wasn't in the emergency staffing plan, right? I, I wasn't assigned to one of the teams. Mm-hmm. So that technically meant that, well, the two teams were on duty. I wasn't supposed to interact with them. And that meant really limiting my time in the station. Um, you know, was, obviously I went there as necessary, but we tried to severely limit it and avoid contact with anybody who was assigned to one of the two teams. Uh, from a technological point of view, that presented some requirements. And I would say, you know, through the end of March and by probably the second week of April, uh, you, um, you know, assisted by Mr. Stebbin and also assisted by Captain Briel from the Sheriff's Department, you addressed nearly all of those technological requirements. The big one for me was being able to receive documents from our administrative services staff that they were receiving either electronically or hard copies. They were then scanning them, forwarding them to our staff, and I was able to receive them, sign them, and return them digitally, uh, which is something that we've had the capability to do for years, but it's had limited 
adoption adoption <laughs> within the whole organization thank you for that word um and you know so gary gary can tell i i have had a you know not a major objective but a, like a, a minor annual objective on my annual goals and objectives for probably the last 10 years to reduce the amount of paper generated by the Pittsfield Police Department and move us towards a paperless organization it's like turning the Titanic with a teaspoon <laughs> we, we make baby baby steps but by the time we shut the coordinating center down and we kind of relocated most of our day-to-day -day operations back over to headquarters, nearly every piece of paper I was required to process, including all of our personnel paperwork, um, payroll paperwork, procurement paperwork, all of it was being processed digitally. The minute I set foot back in my office on Allen Street, with no conversation. Yeah. There, was, there was no conversation. There was no, okay, that part is over. This, we're going back to normal. Everybody went back to paper. Everything went back to paper. I remember going back to the station. You were, you were not happy that day, and you were talking about paper. So, so for at least five years, maybe longer, I have had a sign, a paper sign, that I made on the outer door of my office, and it's a, it's a mock-up of a stop sign. And it essentially says, stop. Does the document you, you have in your hand exist in a digital or electronic format? If the answer is yes, go back to your desk and email it to me. If the answer is no, go scan it, go back to your desk and email it to me. And that sign has been there day in and day out. And, you know, we, we probably get 40% compliance. Everybody else is just paper. So... After a couple of days back at the station, when I realized it was getting buried with all the paper, and it was the paper that we had been processing electronically a couple of days before, I, I was not happy. Because it wasn't like, you know, I sent out an email and said, okay, I'm coming back to headquarters, you know, revert to what everything was on March 1st. Yeah. It was just a habit. And so over the last month and a half, um, I've systematically worked through the admin services division and some of the command and said, no. The, the lessons we learned in March and April and the systems we developed in March and April are the new systems. Those, those are what we're doing going forward. Don't go back to March 1st. Go back to mid-April. If we can do it electronically, do it electronically. And you can um, see that progress in the stairwell. All the pallets, or the, yeah. the boxes of paper. Yeah. There's a lot left over this year. You know, um, last year. So it's... You know, not only is it good for the environment and, and, you know, we we have space constraints that we've talked about in the past. We store a lot of paper and it doesn't have to happen. Right. Because if the document is electronic, the electronic version is the original. Well, we just have to store the data. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's been interesting. But, man, the um, the resistance. Right. And. So one of the things, and I know, you know we don't want to get into the, the details, but depending on what version of Adobe you have, you, you can accomplish more or less with electronic signatures, right? And not every member of our department needs to have a digitally certified electronic signature. But I had a conversation with one of the um, more junior commanders, and they didn't realize that they could just insert a signature image in yep. and, and you know sign it. I'm like, well, I don't have that version of Adobe. I'm like, now that's just an excuse, right? Because the reality is 
if you wanted that version of Adobe, we'd probably get it for you. And even if you don't have that version of Adobe, you can still insert your signature. Um, but yeah, the I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but the 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 core support staff who are responsible for processing the vast majority of the paperwork are probably the biggest resistors. Yep. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and I I got an email yesterday related to one of these documents and the and the email said in order to process this third document i need the original two documents submitted by this officer and i don't have them and five minutes later their partner came back and said yes we do they're attached to the first email in the thread <laughs> <laughs> so um that's interesting what's going on over there gary um somebody locked a, a record uh-oh <laughs> That's not something we can fix from here. All right, how are we doing for time? The, all right, the almost half past. The amp for our headphones is out again. The clock is missing. We're still on the replacement board. It, this, we are. Uh, wow. It, we have six minutes. We got six minutes, and I'm. It, it, I'm just out of my comfort zone over in the corner over here. It's it's entirely different than it was six weeks ago. But we manage and we press on. Um, so, up, updates to Adobe. <laughs> We're joined in studio. Hi. Oh, nice. Is, is he the talent? Yeah. <laughs> it's that easy. We ask for help on the air and help mirac miraculously produce like Beetlejuice. You're listed on the board as the talent. I'm listed on the board as the talent. You're the talent. I am not. <laughs> I am not the talent. Ain't nobody got time for that. There it is. Okay, nice. I feel much more comfortable already. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> um, so, so changes to software, which by nature have implications of changes to operations and behavior, which nobody likes, right? and change is difficult. And, and that, this kind of stuff is constant, right? It's, it's essentially the nature of your job, right, mm -hmm. is to identify deficiency or voids in where technology can enhance operations and then take steps to address those voids, yeah. right? So what else is going on in the world of IT? Uh, we're getting ready to redo the website. That's right. Once uh, Lieutenant Traversa gets back from vacation, we can sit down and plan that out. So what's the plan for the website? Um, it's going to get a complete makeover. Are we staying with the platforms that yes. we have? We're not changing platforms again? Okay. That, that's a hard learning curve every time. I know you guys were moving some policies around for me yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, I, I work with that platform both professionally and personally all the time, and I still struggle with our website. Yeah, so when they came got me yesterday, I'm like, yeah, let me get you with Nick. He's yeah. been working on it for the last few months. Yeah, it's, it's not intuitive or user-friendly. <clears throat> um, and there's... The, so you've got a couple other projects that are long-term pending projects, right? What, we, still, we, we still got the camera project. What's going on with the camera project? Uh, we're waiting on uh, an implementation plan from the command staff. Okay. It, uh, yeah, it kind of got put on hold during the last few months. That definitely kind of got bumped to the back. Um, that's that's going to be a game changer for us, too. It's going to reduce the amount of time that we spend repeatedly knocking on doors. Would be Went cool. Yesterday with uh, one of the investigators looking for video, and so 
yeah it'll save a lot of time it's probably in a neighborhood that we've canvassed for video in the past right yeah. so all right big things going on all right with the few minutes we got left what do you got planned for the weekend uh we are taking the kids out kayaking tomorrow nice and a picnic where are you headed richmond pond beautiful we went there wednesday we uh the boat got repaired, so we, we took the kids out on the boat. Nice. And then, uh, but so tomorrow we're gonna do kayaking. Cool. I, my week went off the rails as far as you know, recreation and fitness, and so I got to train tonight, and I got to train tomorrow because not gonna be able to train next week. So how's that been going with uh, after your post isolation? It, so it's it's interesting. You know, we've spoken on the program before. So my my principal form of fitness and exercise is I train jujitsu. I've, I've been, um, you know, jujitsu practitioner on and off for a long time, but really seriously for the last probably seven years. And, uh, obviously jujitsu as a grappling art is not the kind of thing that you can do, um, in the midst of the pandemic normally. Right. So gyms and dojos shut down. And then, uh, right before I went away, uh, with the reopening plan the dojo was allowed to reopen but in a very limited fashion and so um you know just like all the other requirements you know one point of entry separate point of exit and things that you wouldn't think um you would ever ever see in a martial arts dojo so the the school invested in several probably close to a dozen grappling dummies which are essentially you know cloth stuffed mannequins that you can you can just grab onto i actually invested in one for my home gym or early on in the pandemic and he's he his name is biff he's now at the dojo um and so in the training room where we train jujitsu there's no there's no live drilling you can't drill with a real human being everybody drills with a grappling dummy uh you get to the school you have to stay masked from the time you hit the the exterior doorway you take your shoes off right away can't use the locker room so you're traveling to and from the dojo in your uniform or your gi kimono yeah. uh go to an empty training room ground your gear get dressed with the rest of your stuff grab an extra gi top for your grappling dummy single point of entry into the training room rectangles marked out on the floor you're only allowed in your rectangle um go get your grappling dummy move into your rectangle move it to your rectangle put the extra gi on them drill and train with the dummy masked for 40 45 minutes stretch sanitize everything in this in the rectangle put the dummy back to to uh, sanitize and dry exit through the exterior door um so it's it's hard right it's it's good to be back in the space it's hard to be with my friends and teammates and not be able to interact right. um so that's been difficult, but getting some exercise and getting out of the basement, so I'll take it. That brings us to uh, the 9.30 mark. You are listening to On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM. Let's get another check of the weather and some PSAs, and we'll come back for the second half of the show. Thanks for tuning in. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area today, mostly sunny. 
patchy fogs this morning. Isolated showers this afternoon. Highs in the mid-80s. Northeast wind around 5 miles per hour. Chance of rain 20%. Tonight, partly cloudy. Lows in the lower 60s. East wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Saturday, mostly sunny. Highs in the upper 70s. East wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union. Proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal Credit Union with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair, one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people they support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. PCTV and WTBR are committed to serving our community in this difficult time. We will bring you live coverage of press conferences and official statements from our government officials on PCTV CityLink Channel 1303, on the Pittsfield Community Television Facebook page, and on WTBR as they happen and as we are able to do so. Please stay tuned to our channels and our social media for updates on press conferences and other important information pertaining to the ongoing pandemic. Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. We all have busy lives and we're in a hurry to get where we need to go. While driving, people are eating, drinking, talking, putting on makeup, doing their hair, checking social media, texting each other, all while the dog sits on their lap. The result is running red lights, stop signs, speeding, and finally crashing. Distracted driving is illegal. You can be ticketed or criminally charged. Please share the road and pay attention. Let's make sure everyone gets where they're going safely. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR. Hello, my name is Sergeant Mark Madalena with the Pittsfield Police Department. As you know, decisions we make every day can affect us for the rest of our lives. What you may not realize is that you are 23% more likely to be involved in a collision while you are texting and driving. That means texting and driving makes you 23 times more likely to cause a crash. Every day in the United States, nine people are killed and more than a thousand are injured as a result of a crash caused by a distracted driver. Remember, put down the phone and arrive alive. Don't text and drive. This message is brought to you by the Pittsburgh Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Are we back? We are back. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in this morning to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. My name is Mike Wynn. I'm the Chief of Police here in the City of Pittsfield. I'm joined in studio this morning by Gary Munn, IT guru extraordinaire. Good morning, Chief. So um, before we get to the other topics that I wanted to cover this morning, just um, a, a couple, well, we have been, I have been, I have been, and since Officer Derby, who you know you just heard from in the PSA, has been unable to join us, uh, I haven't had anybody hounding me and reminding me. We've been negligent in kind of talking about how this program has changed and how it's evolved and um, you know, how you can contact us. So uh, the first thing is, you know, if, if you're a new listener, if you haven't listened to us for the year plus that we've been doing this, um, you know, this this is a community outreach program, but it originally started as an emergency management project, right? We, we originally pursued this with WTBR because we wanted to be able to get airtime in a local studio in the event of an emergency that we could give access through the emergency management team to other city departments to, to get information out. And we got to test that a little bit 
during the public health emergency when we had the opportunity to have Director Armstrong and Dr. Kohlberg join us and give some health updates. And we probably should get them back in sometime. You know, it's just, you know, we're still in this thing. We still need to talk about it. We should still get them on the air. Um, so we started and it was radio only. And we kind of made a commitment at the beginning that we would uh, we would not entertain the prospect of a call-in show. Right? We don't have the, the resources and the personnel to properly screen calls. Um, but we do want to be responsive. So, uh, you know, the best way, if you have a topic you want us to talk about, a unit you'd like to hear more about or a question, the best way is to just, you know, hit us up on our social media. Um, use the hashtag, hashtag on patrol with the PPD. That'll flag us that... Um, you know, you've got something that's related to the radio show, and we'll do our best to, to try to address those in future programs. You can use the department's social media, Officer Derby's social media, my social media. We're on Insta, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So, you know, those are, those are the best ways to get questions for the radio show to us. As the program evolved, um, we did not add the calling capability but we did add the call out capability and uh because of what was going on with the pandemic um we got the ability to skype in guests so we've also had guests during this this period of time who did not have to come to the studio right we've had a couple skypes with director armstrong some people from the brand center some other community groups um so that happened and then in the midst of all of this while the studio was still shut down Right, we were kind of like one of two programs. Or then they're like, "Hey, you know, you can simulcast on television," <laughs> and so you know, as we're still trying to get used to running the radio stuff, then they threw that at you and Lieutenant Traversa and Darren, who have to run the board. And so now you got to monitor the cameras because we're going out on the uh, PCTV simulcast during the program, and so you can now find the video of this program. And if that wasn't enough change to rapidly make us uncomfortable with what started out as an uncomfortable project to begin with, then in the middle of that, they, the WTBR and PCTV changed their archiving protocol. Yeah. So they used to just send us an audio file and we would just upload it to SoundCloud and we had a SoundCloud account there. But then they made a decision. They didn't ask us. Right? <laughs> They're just like, hey, this is what we're doing. They made a decision that now um, their archive location is going to be, it's, um, it's actually on WordPress, but it's on WordPress as a podcast. So what that meant is that as of six weeks ago, maybe, yeah. On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM is available in podcast format on all of your major podcast platforms including apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher i don't know what all the other ones are um which is ironic because in the first couple of weeks that we did this a uh a officer who used to be with pittsfield she's now out on the eastern part of the state i ran into her somewhere and she's like i'm listening to your podcast I'm like, i don't have a podcast we have radio programs she's like i made my officers listen to it I'm like so she was very prescient because uh, she saw where we were going i didn't think we would ever end up there but yeah it's available in podcast format which i i share because i have become over the last year year and a half a of um voracious consumer of podcasts I, I subscribe to several of them that i listen to while i'm out getting some exercise or i'm working around the yard and i chuckle every week because 
sometime in the next 36 hours, I'll get an email with the audio file and I'll go in and I'll upload it. And then when I open my podcast app, it will be there, right? Friday from the Pittsfield Police Department. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't listened to us yet. I don't, I I don't, I can't. (laughs) I can't bring myself to do it. I have the same issue. Yeah. All right. So I I just, I share that because the program is evolving. It is getting, uh, more traction, we, you know. We we know we have listeners, um, Pittsfield residents who are serving abroad. You know, I, I, we've gotten messages about the program from Okinawa. We've gotten uh, messages from soldiers who are serving in Southwest Asia. So you know, we're it's it's interesting. It's only a little more than a year old, and it's definitely gone in directions we never anticipated. All right, anything on that, Gary? Nope. Oh, All right. So there, there's a, one big topic I want to get to. Um, it's because it's been constant for the last several weeks. But before I get to it, I just want to share a little bit about um, the department and yesterday. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I can't get into a lot of detail, um, but it, yesterday was a bad day. It was just a bad, bad day. Um, Kate, one of the cases is, is very, very live. So we can't talk about the details. But I came in yesterday morning. Uh, I Before I left the house, I received an injury report that I reviewed. And the injury report um, essentially indicated that one of our officers had been attacked. But it didn't have a whole lot of information about the severity of the incident or the degree of injury. And the officer wasn't um, hadn't, hadn't at that time sought medical treatment. And so I came into the station. And uh, I was stopped by one of the commanders, and they basically shared with me, they're like, hey, boss, not for nothing. Uh, I'm going to let you know we're pulling this officer in, uh, back in, um, make some modifications to the case, and then we're sending them to get checked out uh, because we're worried. And I'm like, well, you know, tell me. So they, they described the incident to me. It did, Without getting into the specifics of the criminal charges or or, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to jeopardize the case. There's no other way to say it. It's violently, violently attacked by a um, emotionally disturbed person. Probably, uh, probably some substance abuse there. Uh, I'm just thankful that officer's okay. I'm just thankful that officer. It could have been really bad. Um, you know, violent attack, backup officer got in and managed to intercede. Um, ultimately, it took six police officers to uh, detain the defendant, uh, who then had to be immediately transported to medical, to the hospital. And as of this morning, um, we, we still, we're still watching the defendant there. Um, just horrifying. Hor- you know, I, I went back and read the reports. Horrifying. And, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people understand this when the details come out. The officer hadn't even really had an opportunity to engage the suspect. They walked into the location and were attacked. It, it was like that. Um, and so we're, we're thankful today that our, our officer is, is all of our officers okay because it, it took the entire shift to detain this person. And you never know. You just never, it, it wasn't a, it came in as a noise disturbance. Yep. Right? They walked into a noise disturbance and boom, you're in it. And that's how fast stuff like that can happen. And so we're dealing with that and getting our officers some medical attention. And 
I'm dealing with some other stuff, clearing out some paperwork, and then the desk officer runs in my office and says, hey, chief, the captain wanted me to let you know another officer is in distress. And so grab my phones and my radios, and I run downstairs. And we have another officer who had just been out on a call not too long before. Uh, they're dealing with a violent, resisting offender. They take the offender into custody, you know, much, much less involved, much more innocuous. Get the offender into the cruiser. Um, there, the, there's some pepper spray used during the apprehension. They get the offender to the station and turned over to the desk personnel, and then they have to go decontaminate their cruiser because of the pepper spray exposure. And you can say decontaminate pepper spray. It's soap and water. You just wash yeah. it out. But it's on the cruiser. It's on it's on their uh, uniforms. Um, so they got to take care of that. So they're cleaning up their cruiser. And ironic, I happen to be walking through the garage to go get some stuff from my cruiser. And the um, the cruiser that they, they had just brought in that they're in the process of cleaning is now in the garage behind the cruiser from the other incident. And that car is being professionally... Yeah. decontaminated because of some biohazard stuff from the original arrest. And so the the decontamination company we use has got one car fully open. They're deconning that car. We've got two officers cleaning the second car. And within 25 to 30 minutes of my interaction with them, one of the officers cleaning that second car, it just goes into distract. We don't know, right? Um, starts feeling lightheaded, headache, nausea, and then just starts to like slip we're so transported by ambulance boom <laughs> and uh, you know they're they're okay they're home but we don't know if it was a combination of of the fight uh the exposure to something from the the decontamination the exposure to something we don't know yep. um and so yeah it was it was a rough day and you know what it's just another day at the office right we get up and we come back to work and we do it again um but yeah there was a lot of there there was a lot of anxiety and emotion right your your friends and your colleagues are not well they're 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 you know hurt or sick and you just got to press on and the calls didn't stop coming in and the officers didn't stop going out on other calls and mm -hmm. um you know, I was getting updates on both of them at eight o'clock last night and so um that's that's the part that you don't see, right? They don't ever show stuff like this in television or the movies, right? right? Yeah. Um, so we're thankful that all of our personnel are are better today, and we're hopeful that they're all going to be okay. Um, so as we transition in the last few minutes about the topic that I actually wanted to get to today, <laughs> um, I share that because in my professional reading and professional studies, I'm reading a book right now. Um, it's called Perfectly Wounded, and uh, Perfectly Wounded is by a retired Navy SEAL uh, chief. His name is Mike Day, and Chief Day was shot 27 times in a single incident while um, trying to capture an insurgent. I think I think I believe in Iraq. And uh, I heard about Chief Day uh, listening to a podcast, and then I his his book was recommended to me, and it's. I share this because it's interesting. I've spent a lot of time in the last couple of years in my work with the training council working on 
men, officer wellness, mental wellness, and resiliency, right? Stress, stress stuff. And one of the things we talk about is the stigma. Officers don't want to talk about, you know, it's, I'm not okay. I, I need help. It's, we're, we're conditioned that, you know, we're supposed to be strong and stoic and it doesn't work anymore, right? We've had conversations about it on this show that, you know, you, you have to take care of self-care. You have to be able to ask the question. And so the reason I bring up this book is, you know, this guy is a retired Navy SEAL. He was on the leapfrogs, the Navy demonstration and recruitment team. He did multiple deployments in Iraq and Afghanistan. He was shot 27 times in a single gunfight, and he got up and walked out of the target to his medevac. And most of his book is about dealing with trauma and overcoming stigma. You know, the, the passage about the gunfight, fascinating. The valuable part is and when he talks about trauma he he peels the onion back to his childhood um and the reason i say, share this because from our officers and officers in any other department if this guy can talk about it and overcome the stigma any of us can right there there's there's nobody who was probably more conditioned to be more bottled up and more stoic than he and his teammates and he's gotten to the point where his new mission is working with people on their resiliency and overcoming the effects of trauma. Um, so, Chief Day, thank you for your leadership. And um, actually, I think I'm going to reach out for him and see if we can, you know, get some training materials. So, all right. Did you read the paper this morning, Gary? I did. Did you? Did you read the letters to the editor? No, I missed that one. I heard about it. Which one? Uh, I heard about the Dalton one. Oh, no, that's, well, that's, yeah. <laughs> that. That's an article article. Um, lots to happen on that. So there's a letter to the editor today. Uh, it, so we, for the last several weeks, we have talked about the closing of the St. Joe shelter, mm -hmm. the situation with the homelessness in Pittsfield, you know, throughout Pittsfield. But, you know, we've talked in previous episodes about panhandlers and, um, you know, so all kinds of issues peripherally related. But there's a letter to the editor today, and I got to find it again. My phone just reset. And the headline or the lead-in to the letter to the editor, it's the first letter to the editor in today's Eagle, is Pittsfield urgently, urgency need, urgently needs emergency shelter. And I want to talk about the whole ongoing situation today. It's, you know, it's being discussed in multiple other avenues. I want to talk about that headline, that lead-in to that letter to the editor. And all I want to say is, yes, desperately, right? I don't know the author, um, but that is something that even the police department has been advocating for, for, I, I don't know how long I've been the chief for 13 years. So it's longer than that. Um, the, the long-term solution to homelessness everywhere is a pathway to housing. I've, I've learned to, to acknowledge that and concede that. I get that that's the, the plan for the Commonwealth. But before you can put somebody on a path to housing, you have to get them out of crisis. And getting people out of crisis means emergency beds in the short term and from a police point of view, outside of business hours. It needs to be someplace that when we encounter somebody at night or on a weekend or on a holiday, is accessible and for a variety of reasons 
when I was a patrol officer, we had access to some of that. And as a result of changes, both politically and economically, over time, we lost some of that. And so we need that. We need that peace. Yes, we need the shelter. Yes, we need the long-term housing plan. Yes, we need all of the additional resources. But when we're dealing with somebody who's in imminent crisis right now and they tell us they don't have anywhere to go, we need some place that we can take them. Um, and it's a vulnerable population, and many of them have other vulnerabilities, and so it needs to be someplace we can take them regardless of their medical conditions or their long-term medical issues or their current state of intoxication we got to be able to take somebody from the street to a safe environment to get them through that initial, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's an overnight, maybe it's a day, maybe it's a weekend, but before you can move them into the other available resources, we need that stopgap. Um, I don't know what the answer is, but yes, regardless of where you fall on any of the proposals that are out there right now, the city needs that. I don't have a position on where we need it. We just need it. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to ask. Let's stop fighting over the various proposals and focus on finding a usable solution. Um, it, you know, it doesn't have to be one or the other, right? You know, find the third alternative. Stop, stop digging in over, you know, the position that you're in and let's reach consensus on something that we can all live with all right that's i think i'm gonna stop there before i get myself in trouble <laughs> uh, i didn't say anything controversial nope. in that right no. um, um so you're on vacation huh? i have some time off coming up yeah yeah, I gotta, I gotta get through this and deal with the emails that just blew up my phone while we were sitting here, and then I, I can take a couple of days off. I'm not leaving the Commonwealth, so I don't have to quarantine again. I, 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 I hear I have a mission next week. I put your, your car to. <laughs> so yeah, um, get finished. You know, it, before we, I go to the the cultural newsletter. Um, it's well, it's not so much that it needs to go get finished. We haven't talked about this, right? I, it. it I didn't think it was timely or appropriate when we were like in full-on emergency management mode. But we've talked peripherally about this in past episodes. So we just started a new fiscal year, right? We grow in the new fiscal year on July 1st. That normally means we get numbers around July 14th, July 15th. For our listeners and viewers, that means that it takes a couple weeks for the whole finance and administrative section to set up the accounts that we can actually bill against. So even though the Fiscal year starts on the 1st. In many cases, like I just got an email saying that a contract that we started negotiating on July 1st is ready. I got to go sign it, right? Um, so we're in the process right now, end of July, beginning of August, of looking at all the projects under the new budget that we're going to try to accomplish this fiscal year. And you would think that you know, the money's there, you have the projects, you know what's capable, you'd get to work and you'd start doing this stuff. And in most cases, we do. So I was due last July to get a new patrol car. Right? My, my car was due to be recycled back to the fleet and I was due to get a replacement. I got approval to do it. Captain Kirchner manages the fleet. He had some things that he wanted to check out. 
And so he came to me and said, we're going to order your new car, but we're going to change it and we're going to do this. And he asked me my personal preferences as, you know, color and accessories where I wanted things. And then he went to work on the project. He ordered the car in July. We got it in April. <laughs> right? And so, you know, we got it while we were over at Second Street and I'm checking it out. He delivers it to me on a Friday afternoon. I don't have a chance to like go do anything with it. I don't have any of my equipment in it because it's in my other car. Um, so I finally take it out over the weekend and I play with it. And I'm, you know, most of the time we get new cars, we advertise, we show pictures. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell the world about my car. We just get to go to work with the car. But so I, I get used to the car and I realize that because of some of the stuff I requested, little things that you take for granted, like the cigarette plug 12 volt outlet I, I can't reach it right They're, they they moved the console and they covered it up so you know i can't charge my cell phone all right well there's a usb port that's fine but the big one is that i keep a radio charger and a flashlight charger traditionally plugged in my console and i can't charge the radio or the flashlight now so i know captain this isn't okay so um he can't it's not something we can do in our shop it's got to go back to the upfitter and um because of the timing with the budget when i went on vacation we couldn't do it because the money wasn't there yet so now um yeah he's got to take my car they got to go make a couple modifications to the electrical system and fix a, a problem with the radio yep. so we're scheduling that and captain kirchner group gets a, there's a replacement car for the patrol commander his car rolls into the fleet and so he, my car got ordered in july his car got ordered in august and then because of the pandemic ford switched over to making respirators and and face shields his car got caught in pre-production it, it that car is never going to come it's never going to come so uh the the upfitter the company we use that was the captain you know we can get you something else and we're, we're generally pretty stuck to what we do we want to keep things stable and, and uniform and so the captain took delivery of a different car and uh i walked up to him yesterday i was like i just realized i've walked by your cruiser like 10 times in the last week i didn't realize it was one of our cars it, it, it was different enough that it didn't occur to me and i so i made him take me outside and show it to me um i'm happy that it was his car that got canceled not mine I'm sorry, Captain. I don't like your car. <laughs> um, I'm very happy with my car, except, well, it's not a. It's not. I'm very happy with my car, and I'm getting used to it. It's a hybrid, mm -hmm. so uh, I was just telling the captain the, yesterday or the day before. Um, I've had it for over two months. I've only fueled it twice. Really, it's crazy. Wow. <laughs> uh, and that, it's you. You guys are going to fill it before you take it out to MHQ, yeah. but you won't need. It, it doesn't need gas yet. Uh, and I haven't taken any long trips with it, but yeah, it's my my other cruiser. I had to fuel once a week, regardless of whether I was traveling or not. This this car is taking gas twice. <laughs> All right, we got three minutes left, two and a half minutes left. So, in keeping up with my promise and my uh, tradition for my colleagues over at the Department of Cultural Development and Cultural Pittsfield this week, upcoming the the big news is, and I've said it for the last three weeks, live theater. In the Berkshires in Pittsville. Two performances, one going on over at Barrington Stage, the other with the Berkshire Theater Group, both receiving great reviews, both receiving national 
press because they're the first live theater productions in the country um responding in real time to the changes with the reopening guidance changing sizes of their their audiences but they're going and i've heard really really good things so if you can get tickets go check out some live theater if you can't get tickets check out some of the other offerings that are going on virtually um, there is all kinds of stuff there's um Virtual Jacob's Pillow, Mass Audubon properties are reopening uh, with proper masking and social distancing. There's um, Berkshire Music School has Drum to Talk for Teens with actually my friend Otha Day is doing that one. Um, the the First Friday's Art Walk were last week. The art is still up. There's the Farmer's Market is going on. There's just all kinds of amazing things happening in and around downtown Pittsfield. There is no excuse, given everything that we've been through, not to take advantage. I said, I went, I think I said it last week. We got to go to dinner in downtown Lenox on the first week of August. Never done that as an adult. Never going to get to do it again, right? So take advantage of the, find the silver lining in, in all the negativity that's going on and do that. Get out of the house. Get some fresh air, get some sunshine, get some exercise, be kind, take care of yourself. And with that, let's go to the outro. Thanks for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. We're out for this morning. I won't see you next week, but somebody from our staff will. And uh, we hope you tune with us again. Have a great week.